Hey, veterans. Welcome to the VA Claims Insider Podcast. We are veterans helping veterans get the VA disability rating and compensation you deserve. I'm your host, Air Force Service Disabled Veteran Brian Reese, and each week we share VA disability claim tips, tricks, strategies, and lessons learned to help you win, service connect, and get rated at the appropriate level, even if you've already filed or been denied. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode. Brian Reese here, the VA Claims Insider. Coming at you live from Austin, Texas. Um, today's message is, was find your beach, right? Find your beach. We can't go anywhere. We're stuck in isolation. But I'll tell you what, nobody controls our mind. All right, maybe, maybe PTSD, maybe the medications you're on, depression. Some of those things are things that you can't control. But I would argue that regardless of what you're suffering from today, you and you alone have the power to heal. You have the power to get better. You have the power to think happy thoughts and to find your beach. Okay. All right. Okay. We're talking about PTSD today, though, right? Very, uh, very sensitive subject. Um, and so many veterans have PTSD. The, the statistics are staggering. Okay. I've got uh, a pretty incredible blog post out there as well. Um, called PTSD rating statistics. It's, it's humbling, right? If, if you haven't read that post yet, um, PTSD rating statistics, it's shocking. Shocking, the number of veterans who have PTSD, all right? So I'm going to open up with this statement. Uh, this, is, this is, again, shocking and humbling. The stats vary, okay? The stats vary, depends on who you ask. The estimates are that a U.S. military veteran is four times 4x is likely to have PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder, versus somebody who did not serve in uniform. Four times. Uh, that's shocking. Okay, I'm not a mathematician. I was a freaking hockey player. But I can tell you that four times as likely is statistically significant. It's a shocking number. Okay. But these five tips today Regardless of whether you've already filed your VA disability claim for PTSD, regardless of if you've already been denied VA disability benefits for PTSD, or maybe you already have a PTSD rating, but you're underrated, okay? This message today could change your life. It could change your life, okay? Now, I want to talk about something really serious right now. If you're struggling at all, with a mental health condition, okay? If you're struggling at all with a mental health condition, guys, and you, you need help, okay? If you're thinking about suicide, okay? If you're contemplating taking your own life, please call the suicide hotline. Please call the suicide hotline, okay? I'm gonna give you the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline right now. It's 1-800-273-8255. That's, again, the national uh, suicide hotline, okay? And um, there, there's all kinds of other crisis situations and organizations out there. You can search online. Um, you can make an anonymous 
disclosure, right? You can send a text message to say that you're not okay. Your life matters. It means something. We will get through this. I promise you, whatever's facing you right now, you can overcome. Okay. You can overcome. We need you. Your life matters. Okay. Again, if you're contemplating suicide, please call 1-800-273-8255 and then press the number one. You can also secure chat anonymously. Okay. You can send a text message right now if you need help to 838-255. Okay. Again, the number you would send a text to if you're contemplating suicide, if you're in crisis, you can send that message to 838-255, okay? All right, vets. Quick disclaimer here before we jump into these top five tips and ways to improve your VA PTSD claim and rating in 2020. Number one, all right, quick disclaimer. I am not an accredited agent. I'm not a VSO. I'm not an attorney. I am not associated with the Department of Veterans Affairs in any way, neither is VA Claims Insider or anybody on our team, okay? Please know, vets, there are completely free services available to help you prepare, file a disability claim. You do not need to use our services or any other service for that matter if you don't want to, okay? There are free services out there. Um, or you can choose to prepare and file your own VA disability claim for benefits that you deserve by law, okay? In fact, I've got a video coming up here soon where I'm gonna show you step-by-step -step how to do it right now on va.gov, especially since many of these VSO organizations are closed right now, okay? And some of them can't help you virtually. So I want you to still be able to help yourself um, during this time, okay? Um, these are our VA disability benefits that you deserve by law, okay? Um, the other thing that I just want to address real fast is that some of the stuff I'm going to be talking about today dives into medical conditions, okay? Please note that this is for educational and informational purposes only. This is not medical advice, okay? Um, I can't do that. I'm not a doctor, okay? This is also not legal advice, so please do not take anything that we talk about today as a substitute for uh, professional medical help or the advice from your own doctor, okay? All righty. Now, if you are stuck, if you are frustrated, if you are underrated, if you are tired of banging your freaking heads against the wall, endlessly searching the internet, clicking through hundreds of links, wasting hundreds of hours reading this garbage I see people posting in other Facebook groups, on other people's blogs. Man, there's, there's people out there who want to overcomplicate everything about your VA disability benefits and your VA disability claim. It's a bunch of garbage, gang, and it pisses me off. It pisses me off. VA Claims Insider exists to simplify this process for you. We make VA disability claims easy. We cut through the noise, we cut through the garbage, we pull back the curtain, we peel open the onion, and we give you the two things that you really, 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 really need for your VA disability claim. Number one, new and relevant medical evidence. Number two, 
compensation and pension exam preparation. That's it. That's it. We've simply taken the often confusing and frustrating mystical black hole of the VA disability claims process. We've simplified it into its two most important factors. We've codified it into our eight-step proprietary process that happens over 30 days inside of our education-based mastermind. And I am welcoming you right here, right now to step up, take action, and finally get the VA disability rating and compensation you deserve. That's it. How do you do it? You can step up right here, right now. You'll also see it down across the screen www.vaclaimsinsiderelite.com. It's a free three-step intake, gang. www.vaclaimsinsiderelite.com. We're going to get you unstuck. We're going to get you unfrustrated. Okay, and I'm going to move you out of that shocking stat that eight out of 10 of you hearing my voice, whether you're, you're watching us live right now on Facebook, you're watching the recording on YouTube, you do not have what you deserve by law. I'm not talking about getting you something you don't deserve. I'm talking about getting you exactly what you deserve because you wore the uniform for our country. You defended freedom. You stepped up and said, I will go. I am willing to put my life on the line to support and defend the Constitution, right, of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic, that I will bear true faith and allegiance to the same and that I take this obligation freely, all right, without any reservations, mental reservation, purpose of evasion, that I will well and faithfully discharge the duties of the office upon which I'm about to enter, so help me God. Now, there's different variations of that, whether you were an officer, whether you were enlisted. I still know mine, man and lady. I still know mine because it's that important. What you chose to do is that important. You stepped up and said, I am going to go wherever my country needs me. Panama, Middle East, Africa, Europe, right? Asia, Eurasia. It doesn't matter. You stepped up and said, you will support and defend. And guess what? You became injured. You became disabled. Something happened during your time on active duty military service that led you to this situation that you're in right now. Maybe it's a mental health condition. Maybe it's a foot problem. Maybe it's an issue with headaches. Maybe it's an issue with irritable bowel syndrome gastroesophageal reflux disease, right? Severe acid reflux. Maybe you got a neck cervical condition going on. You got a lumbar issue in your back, right? You got knee problems. You got hip problems, right? And if those things stem because you raised your hand to support and defend freedom in the Constitution of the United States, you deserve VA disability benefits by law, and I am giving you permission to get what you deserve by law. Nothing more, nothing less, only what you deserve. We got to stop telling ourselves these lies that, you know, well, yeah, but I'm not in a wheelchair, you know. 
Um, I haven't lost a limb, so I don't deserve this. Guess what? Not only is that that one of the lies we're telling ourselves, but it isn't reality. It's not reality. In fact, some of the most traumatic wounds we can experience as a disabled veteran happens right here. It happens right here, and you can't see inside there. Sometimes nobody knows what you're going through. And disabled veterans, we suffer alone in silence. And we think we're not worthy. We're embarrassed. We don't want to tell anybody. We think we're better than that. Right? I, I, look, I'm with you. I did it too for years. I hid and masked what I was suffering from with alcohol, drugs, gambling, sex, you name it, I did it. I tried it. Right? Can't hide anymore. Right? You can't hide anymore. You're only lying to yourself. And you might be hurting and harming those around you. Your spouse, your kids, your bosses, your coworkers, your family, your friends. And man, if, if you're a military spouse listening to me right now, or you're a family member, please ask your loved ones if they're dealing with something right now, a mental health condition of any kind, depression, anxiety, anger, panic attacks, suicide, thoughts of suicide, right? Ask those hard questions right? Ask those hard questions because you, you just may not know what's going on inside of somebody's brain, right? Nobody knew what was going on inside of my brain, except my therapist, right? Nobody knew. I suffered alone in silence because I was embarrassed, right? I didn't want to admit it. And that's what we see from so many disabled veterans, so many veterans, 18 million veterans in the United States, 4.7 million of you, according to the VA, have a disability rating above 10%, 10% or higher. But we suffer alone in silence. We cannot do this anymore. We got to be honest. We got to be vulnerable. We got to get help, right? You can Google VA mental health facility near you, pick up the phone, talk to somebody. In fact, I have an appointment on Monday with my counselor. We're going to talk over the phone. I'm, I'm having some anger issues. You know, I'm living, living on that dang sine curve, that cosine curve, right? You ever felt that inclination that the smallest thing can just set you off? We could just become so angry over something that, might seem just immaterial after the fact, but not in the moment, okay? Please get help. Please get help. Please ask the hard questions of those around you. Your life matters. God put you here for a reason, to fulfill a purpose, okay? Again, you need help. If you're stuck, if you're frustrated, if you're underrated, if you're tired of being alone, if you want some identity back. If you want to be involved with the world's most amazing 
largest, incredible community of veterans helping veterans all over the world, gang. This is your opportunity right now to join us. Let's go. And when you do, when you come, you're going to get to talk to me even more than we do now. Over text, over video, we hold special training events. Last night, one of our team members, right, we just launched a new, uh, a new game show called Vet Blitz, right? Which is awesome. Four incredible human beings on our team. David Pineda, Terrell Morell, Ronis Fields, Alan Magtabay. They, they were leading this last night. It's called Vet Blitz. And it's, it's a game show where you get to come on and get questioned, ask, answer fun, you know, questions about military history and, and veteran history and win prizes live. We do that inside of our mastermind group, right? A members only mastermind group. Why do we do that? Because we've created a community here where you matter. Your identity matters. We understand you. You understand me when you come in here because you carry the title of veteran right? And that's what we do, right? So get your butt in our program, www.vaclaimsinsiderelite.com. All right. So let's talk about post-traumatic stress disorder claims. I love you guys, by the way. Love you guys. There's 200 of you on. It's incredible. It's, it's the highest honor of my life to, to be able to serve you, okay? So let's talk about VA disability claims, gang. In 2020, my top five tips, PTSD in our experience is one of the most misunderstood VA disability claims. It's one of the most misunderstood VA disability claims because a lot of veterans don't understand what a stressor is. They don't understand what the difference is between post-traumatic stress disorder and other types of mental health conditions. Okay, so I'm going to explain that real fast. In every single post-traumatic stress disorder claim, there has to be verification of something called a stressor, okay? A stressor is that in-service event, situation, fear, or hostility that caused or made your PTSD worse, okay? That's the difference between post-traumatic stress disorder claims and all other mental health claims, is that post-traumatic stress disorder always has one or more stressor events, okay? So what is a stressor? I'll use me as an example, okay? I've got PTSD. I was deployed to Afghanistan. We took a lot of indirect fire, rockets, mortars, right? My post-traumatic stress disorder was triggered out of that fear due to the fact that I thought I might die. I thought I might die. Because you don't know when one of those rockets lobbing in has got your name on it, okay? That is considered a stressor event, military combat, all right? Now, it doesn't have to be direct fire. It can be indirect fire, okay? IDF, indirect fire, rockets, mortars, IEDs, or even just the fear of those things, right? That's what a stressor is. Now, there's also a lot of misconception that a stressor event has to be related to combat. That's absolutely not true, right? There's, there's two primary categories of PTSD claims. There's PTSD combat, 
And then there's PTSD non-combat, which cover things like MST, military sexual assault, military sexual harassment, military sexual trauma. Okay, there's also fear or hostility into that, right? Maybe it's something that happened at home station where you feared for your life. That rises to the level of a valid in-service stressor in that it could trigger PTSD. Okay, we had a, a Navy vet who got stuck, isolated in a ship in a small confined space. He was there for almost a day before somebody found him, right? That's scary. He feared for his life. He wasn't in combat, but he got locked in a confined space and he couldn't get out and he thought he was going to die, right? That rises to the level of a valid in-service stressor, okay? So lots of things can happen. Maybe it was a car accident, right? Maybe, maybe your friend, so maybe somebody committed suicide while you were serving on active duty. Maybe you went through a horrible relationship experience. Maybe you were afraid of your boss because of the things he or she did. Maybe you were being abused or harassed by your unit, which happens, hazing situations, okay? If you feared for your life at all, or you thought you might die, and those things led to physical reactions, sweating, anger, panic attacks, fear, isolation, loneliness, depression, anxiety, suicidal ideation, okay? It's probably PTSD. Okay, I'm not a doctor, but it's probably PTSD. Right now, there is one very, very, very well known test for post traumatic stress disorder. Okay. And it's called the PCL5. Okay. You may want to write that down. This is the diagnostic criteria for post traumatic stress disorder PTSD. Okay. It's one of the most commonly used tests. Now, there's some variations of the PCL5, but it's the one that's most commonly used. Okay. And what the PCL-5 is, is it's a 20-question test. Okay, it's a 20-question self-measure, and it's used by psychologists and psychiatrists to screen veterans for post-traumatic stress disorder. Okay, and you can take it online. If you, if you Google free uh, VA PTSD test, um, I think we have the 20-question self-reported test out there. And by the way, those 20 questions are based upon DSM-5, the Diagnostic Statistical Manual for Mental Health Disorders, okay, um, put out by the AMA, the American Psychi Psychiatric Association, okay? So go look at that. If you're hearing my voice and you think you might have PTSD, but you don't currently have a diagnosis, okay, you're going to need one. You're going to need one, okay? Okay, so in 2020, VA Disability Ratings for PTSD, how is PTSD rated? Okay, it's rated on a scale from zero to 100. It does not matter whether you're combat or non-combat, okay? PTSD is PTSD is PTSD. If it's service-connected, it's PTSD, and it's eligible for benefits under the law, okay? It can be rated at 0%, 10%, 30%, 50%, 70%, and 100%. Now, the part that I find really interesting is the current average VA disability rating for post-traumatic stress disorder 
is 70%. I'm going to say that again. The average VA disability rating for post-traumatic stress disorder across all veterans, all demographics, all wars, all age groups of every veteran with a disability rating right now at the VA is 70%. It's pretty severe symptoms. Um, and, and in my opinion, that's, a, that's scary in the fact that veterans got a lot of stuff going on. We got a lot of issues. We got a lot of symptoms that are affecting our work and our life and our social functioning. Okay. Um, and, and that's, that's what it comes down to. Okay. So let's get into this. The top five ways to improve your VA PTSD claim. Okay. Tip number one, get an independent psychological evaluation, a private medical report, a private DBQ, a private evaluation, a private medical nexus opinion, whatever you want to call it. All right, get one. Now, you can go to your own private provider and ask them for an evaluation, right? Or you may be able to get that through us, through our network of independent providers, right? Now, I can't guarantee that. I don't know if you have PTSD, but that's why we have medical professionals, okay? Independent medical professionals in our referral network. If you already have a disability rating for PTSD, but you're underrated, right? Let's say you're at 0% service-connected or 10% or 30%, right? Maybe you just had a terrible C&P examiner. Maybe you're underrated because you didn't feel comfortable sharing all the stuff you were dealing with. Maybe you hid the fact that you drink Jack Daniels until you pass out, right? You're an alcoholic. You're a drug addict. You're going through a divorce, Right? Maybe you've been fired from work or demoted. You got no friends. You're stuck. But you weren't honest about your symptoms. I'm telling you right now, if you are not uncomfortably vulnerable, if you do not tell all, you're going to end up with a lowball mental health rating. Right? I can virtually guarantee it. Right? I can virtually guarantee that if you are not uncomfortably vulnerable with your current psychologist, psychiatrist, or medical professional who sees you, if you are not uncomfortably vulnerable, if you can't explain your true story with a lot of vulnerability to that examiner, I can promise you, you aren't going to get the rating compensation you deserve because they're going to lowball you. Because you just told them your PTSD is not that bad. Got to be uncomfortably vulnerable. Now, what does that mean? Okay. What do I mean when I say veterans need to be uncomfortably vulnerable? Here's what that means to me. Okay. Uncomfortably vulnerable is telling the CNP examiner that you're an alcoholic, that sometimes you're anxiety is so severe that you feel like you can't breathe and the only way to numb it is to start drinking. Maybe, you, maybe you're drunk at your exam, right? Maybe you had to have a quick nip before you went in there. Nobody wants to talk about their PTSD. I get it. You don't want to have to relive this. You got to do it at your C&P exam. 
you got to do it, okay? Uncomfortably vulnerable means talking about how your relationship with your spouse has suffered because it's harming and impacting your sex life. I can't get an erection anymore, right? Maybe, maybe you're 30 years old and you're popping blue pills because of how severe your mental health condition is, right? Maybe you're a female and you're taking all these SSRIs to try to manage your symptoms and those side effects are so severe, it's female sexual arousal disorder. You don't wanna be near your spouse, right? That's being uncomfortably vulnerable. Nobody wants to talk about their sex life, which is exactly why you need to talk about it. Nobody wants to talk about the alcohol and drugs they're abusing, which is exactly why you need to talk about it, okay? It's kind of embarrassing to tell somebody you don't know that sometimes your anger issues are so severe, you know, you've run somebody off the road, out of road rage, like getting out of your car ready to fight, right? I'd, I'd probably categorize that as, as grossly inappropriate behavior. And that's one of the symptoms of, of mental health claims, PTSD, right? If you can go from zero to 100 like that, join the club, right? If something can set you off and trigger you to the point where you become angry and violent. Now, it might not be physical violence. It might be verbal violence, verbal abuse. It's a pretty severe symptom, gang. Uncontrollable, angry outbursts. All right, that's being uncomfortably vulnerable. You got to share those things at your exam. You got to share those things if you're doing an independent evaluation. You got to share those ugly things. If you're in therapy, you got to share those things in community. You got to talk about it with your spouse, your girlfriend, your kids. And guess what? It's going to be dang therapeutic for you. It's going to be therapeutic for you because you're going to get it out and it's going to feel good because you're finally being honest. Even, it, even though it might seem scary. Right, you got to get it out there. Okay. Now, there's two sections of the DBQ. Now, regardless of whether you do an independent evaluation for post-traumatic stress disorder, you get uh, a medical nexus statement whatever you get independently, okay? If you don't do that, or even if you do, there's two sections that are very important because if and when the VA orders what's called a compensation and pension exam, okay, for mental health, compensation pension exam for PTSD, even if it's an increase, you are going to go see an independent medical professional, probably a psychologist is most likely who you're going to see. All right. Now, there's a lot of contracted examiners now, meaning those are private medical professionals uh, who are contracted through a couple. I, there's about five contract holders through those companies. They're going to conduct this evaluation on the VA's behalf. Okay, It might be a PTSD initial evaluation. It's going to be a PTSD review evaluation if you're already service-connected for PTSD, 
Okay, that's a PTSD review evaluation. Okay, so it can either be PTSD initial or PTSD review. Two most important parts, okay? I don't care who tells you any different. VA disability claims for all mental health conditions, especially post-traumatic stress disorder, come down to section seven of the disability benefits questionnaire. Okay, that's an online form that is gonna be done by the compensation pension examiner on a computer screen at your exam. There's 31 symptoms listed. Those symptoms matter because the final rating you get for post-traumatic stress disorder comes down to symptoms and occupational and social impairment. How is your post-traumatic stress disorder limiting or affecting your work, your life, and your social functioning, your relationships? Okay. Now there's a section on that document and you can go look, right? PTSD claims rated from zero to 100. There's seven categories, ranging from no mental health diagnosis all the way to total occupational and social impairment, which is the 100% level. Now, the symptoms at that 100% level are extreme, okay? Very, very, very severe. Now, in our experience, most veterans don't meet the highest criteria, but you might, right? Remember again, the average VA disability rating for PTSD is 70%, all right, which is that next level down. Occupational and social impairment with deficiencies in most areas, work, life, school, family relations, judgment, thinking, mood, okay? That's a pretty common one. That's the average rating for PTSD. Okay. Now you may not be that high, right? Maybe your, your level of occupation and social impairment is lower than that. Okay. Got it. You, you still deserve benefits by law. You just might not deserve the higher rating. Okay. But go look at that symptoms list. There's 31 mental health symptoms, depressed mood, anxiety, suspiciousness, panic attacks, memory issues, okay, judgment, thinking, impairment of those things, right, suicidal ideation, inability to establish effective relationships at home, at work, okay, maybe, maybe you're like freaking uh, have all these strange things you do around your house with security cameras, locking and double, triple, quadruple checking windows and doors, because you think somebody's trying to get you, right, Maybe you neglect your, your own personal hygiene. Your PTSD is so severe, you don't want to leave your own house, right? Isolation, insomnia, sleep impairment. Good Lord. I don't think I know a veteran who says they sleep well. I don't think I know one, right? We're a bunch of insomniacs. We're a bunch of over-medicated insomniacs, and I fault the VA for that. The VA's answer for the mental health problem in the suicide crisis facing disabled veterans is more pills, more appointments, more pills, more appointments, more pills, more appointments. Sound familiar? 
look, I get, I'm not saying more pills and more appointments don't help. That, that isn't what I'm saying. If you need the mental health medications to, to help you, got it, take them. All right, take them. There's no shame in that. But I, I think it's bigger than that. Veterans need more community. We need our identity back. We need to surround ourselves with other veterans who are struggling with the same stuff. That's the answer. It's more community. It's not more pills. It's more vulnerability. It's more honesty. It's not more appointments with somebody you don't trust. Good Lord. You know, I, I feel like I'm preaching a little bit, but I, I wish somebody would hear this. A decision maker would go, and we need to find a way to enable more community for veterans because that's what we do. Why do you think we're the largest community in the world of veterans helping veterans? It happens because veterans are craving community. We're craving identity with people who know us, people we served with who wore the uniform that we can relate to. It's pretty simple, gang. It's pretty simple. All right. Okay. So we've talked about that. Occupational and social impairment. There's a section on that DBQ, critically important. You might want to go look at it. All right, there's a symptom list, 31 symptoms. You might want to go look at it and be familiar. And you need to know how those symptoms are impacting you in your life. Okay, you need to be able to explain to the compensation and pension examiner how your post-traumatic stress disorder triggered when did it happen and what caused it what was the stressor was it combat was it non-combat was it sexual assault harassment right you got to be able to explain that in your cnp exam okay so we got through tip one goodness i better speed up a little bit here <laughs> get an independent evaluation that's tip number one All right, tip number two, write your own personal statement in support of a claim. What form should you use? Simple, the VA form 21-4138. It is the preferred PDF form for VA raiders, All right? Now, if you want, you could just write your statement on a, on a Microsoft Word document, right? It doesn't matter. The name of the form, the type of the form doesn't matter. The content of the form matters a ton, okay? Now, what do I mean when I say you need to write your own supporting statement? You need to put down in words what you're dealing with what your diagnosis is, how you believe your PTSD was caused or made worse by your active duty military service. You need to talk about what 
you believe the stressor event was, how you were before and how you were after the event. And then you need to talk about how those issues, the symptoms you're struggling with are limiting or affecting your life, your work, your life, your social functioning. Okay, now I've got some examples out there. If you just Google um, example of, you know, a PTSD statement, okay? There's a great example out there for you guys, okay? But you need to talk about those things. You need to write it down so that the raider can look at it and go, man, this, this guy or gal's got some serious stuff going on, right? You got to get raw. You got to get real. You got to get open. You got to get vulnerable. You got to be honest. You need to tell all and share your uncomfortable truths. And man, veterans suck at that. Veterans suck at being vulnerable. We just don't want to talk about our issues. And I think a lot of that stems from the military culture of, of suck it up, of carry on, of, of leave no person, no man or woman behind. Mission comes before yourself. I mean, goodness, look at the Air Force's core values. I served in the Air Force. Service before self. <laughs> right? Unfortunately, we've taken that to mean service at all costs and neglect of person. That isn't what it means, but that's what the military culture has banged into our heads. All right, we've got to get over it, gang. We've got to get raw, real, open, honest, vulnerable. Write it down. Write it down. Okay, that was tip two. Tip number three. If you need to be able to verify, validate your stressor event and you don't think you can or there's concern that you're not going to be able to confirm the stressor because, I mean, let's, let's be real for a minute. How many military sexual trauma situations get reported, right? Like zero, okay? So there's probably going to be no official evidence of this sexual assault or harassment that occurred, right? There may not be a ton of evidence on the indirect fire you took or the fear of hostile activity, terrorist fears, right? There's probably not going to be documentation of the, of the Navy vet who got stuck in a confined space for almost a full day before somebody found him. He thought he was going to die, right? Well, it probably never got reported. I'm sure there's no history of it, okay? So how do you prove it? It's on you to prove that the PTSD stressor event happened to you. Okay, I'm going to say that again. It is on you to prove on an at least as likely as not basis that your PTSD stressor event happened to you. Okay, now it's okay if you were a witness. It's okay if you viewed it, but you have to then explain how that situation impacted you. Okay. How did it impact you? Not somebody else. Okay. So 
in PTSD VA claim tip number three, when I talk about obtaining a buddy statement, all that is, is it's a credible testimony written down on a piece of paper from a firsthand witness who's 18 years of age or older, who can shed some light on what they witnessed and how the PTSD stressor affected you. Okay. The best buddy statements make the person feel something. They talk about the situation again in detail for as much as that person can remember. So for example, in this situation where this Navy vet got locked in this confined space for over a day, he actually had his buddy who found him on the ship write a statement to the effect of, I've known him since before we wore the uniform. We went in together. We served together. We were on board the ship together. He had no pre-existing or mental health condition that I was aware of prior to this event. He, I, he, I, he thought he was going to die. I know that because he told me. He was shaking when I found him. I was the one who opened the door and let him out. I am certain that his current mental health condition, his PTSD, was due to this incident that occurred on a ship in the approximate time frame. Month and year is fine. It happened to him. That is the cause of his PTSD. Right? Get a buddy statement. They're hugely helpful in post-traumatic stress disorder verification. Because a lot of times, gang, the reason why is because these incidents are typically not very well documented. That's the issue. So then if you can't at least churn up a buddy letter or at least a statement of somebody who knew you before and knew you after, like a spouse, if you can't at least get that it's very likely your post-traumatic stress disorder claim is going to get denied. It's going to say not service-connected, and the VA is going to send you a notification on the reward decision letter that says stressor event could not be verified. Right? Maybe that's you right now. You're having trouble proving your PTSD stressor event. Okay. All right, so that was tip three. Get a buddy letter from a first-hand witness, somebody who was there, who can write down on paper that the stressor event is the reason you now suffer from a mental health condition, you were there, they can verify that the event happened to you. So critical, so critical, okay? And by the way, I've got a post out there talking about PTSD stressor statements, right? Stressor events, you can go read that. It's pretty, pretty epic, okay? So that was tip three and four, by the way. Get a buddy letter. And on that buddy letter, I need to verify the stressor. Okay. There's an example as well of a buddy letter for PTSD. Again, you need some help. If you're tired of fighting this alone, if you want to come into our community and get some of your identity back, all right, in the largest community of veterans helping veterans in the world, join us. You can start free right here, right now. www.vaclaimsinsiderelite.com. You'll also 
see it across the bottom of the screen if you're watching this recording and replay. Okay. All right, tip number five. You must over-prepare for your compensation and pension exam for PTSD. Okay, over-prepare. Over-prepare. What does that mean? Number one, I'm continually shocked at how many disabled veterans don't know what's in their medical records. VA disability claims come down to medical evidence. You should probably review your medical records. Go look and see what's written in there so that you know. Okay, don't walk into your exam cold wondering what's in your record. Okay, review your DBQ if you got one from a private professional. Review your Nexus letter if you got one from a private independent medical professional. Review the, the buddy letters. Review your personal statement. Go look at any awards and citations that you got. Maybe it was a, a combat action badge, right? Go look at those things so you know what they say. Okay, I also think that part of this preparation for your compensation and pension exam for PTSD is you need to know what's in the law. Codified in 38 CFR, right? Part four, the schedule for rating disabilities go look at the mental health criteria from zero to 100 and go look at the symptoms and the level of occupational and social impairment that are associated with the rating criteria, okay? I also think that you can't have your best day. Do not have your best day. This does not mean you should lie or stretch the truth. It is against federal law to file a false claim. It's against federal law to lie. It's against federal law to stretch the truth. That is absolutely not what I am saying. What I am saying when I say do not have your best day, that means you need to tell the examiner how you are on your very worst days, right? Most of the time, I'm too depressed to get out of bed. Most of the time, my anxiety is so severe that I'm afraid to leave my own house, right? Which is part of why I don't have any friends. I don't trust people, right? I don't trust you. I actually told a compensation and pension examiner that. I told him, I said, look, I, I know what we're here for. And I'm just going to be real with you. I don't know who you are. I don't trust you. I don't, okay? So cut the, cut the horse shit. I don't trust you. Cut the small talk. I don't know who you are. I don't trust you. All right? That's what it means to be uncomfortably vulnerable, to not have your best day. It's to tell them how you are in your worst days and any concerns you have and any issues you've got in your work, your life, and your social functioning, okay? Again, you got to know your true story cold. You've got to be prepared to talk about your life in detail. And, and sometimes it can be uncomfortable, right? It can, you know, it, it might be a situation where the examiner, hey, tell me about your life. Where did you grow up? Do you have any siblings, right? 
What about your mom and dad? What did they do for work? What did you do when you were younger, right? Were you an athlete? Where'd you go to school? Did you guys move a lot, right? You got to be prepared to talk about things that happened before the military. And then you got to be prepared to talk, talk about things that happened in the military when you wore the uniform. And then you got to talk about things that happened afterwards, okay? Let's say you think you have PTSD, but you're not seeking treatment or you're, you're not taking your medications. Tell them. Tell him or her, the CMP examiner, the reasons why. I've tried every mental health medication under the sun. They don't work. That's why I'm not taking anything. The side effects are so severe, they actually make things worse for me. So I don't take them, right? Hey, the reason I'm not in regular therapy is because I've already tried therapy and it doesn't work for me. I've already tried every type of therapy out there. Shit, maybe, maybe you've tried acupuncture, right? I know vets who actually get some relief from acupuncture for their mental health claims for their migraines, for their back issues, right? But you got to talk about it. If you haven't been going to the doctor, you better explain why, okay? I think that's important. All right, so those are my top five tips, gang, about post-traumatic stress disorder claims. I'm going to talk through them real fast again, okay? Tip number one, get an independent evaluation from a private medical professional. Get your butt to the doctor, pick up the phone, call the doctor, get an appointment. Okay, it's time to be open, honest, and vulnerable. You got to go look at the symptoms. There's 31 mental health symptoms that affect all mental health claims, especially post-traumatic stress disorder claims, okay? PTSD claim tip number two, write your own strong personal statement for PTSD on the VA Form 21-4138. Be uncomfortably vulnerable. Talk about how severe your PTSD is. When did it occur, right? The issues you're dealing with today. All right, PTSD tip number three, get a buddy letter from a firsthand witness who can explain the severity of your symptoms in detail. Tip number four, make sure that that stressor event is verified by at least one other firsthand witness and it's written down on a piece of paper got to have it. Okay. It's called corroboration of a stressor. That's what that means. Corroboration means validation. It means credible evidence to help support something. That's what corroboration means. Okay. And the burden of proof is on you. Okay. Tip number five, be uncomfortably vulnerable. Do not have your best day. Know your true story cold. Over-prepare for your VA disability compensation and pension exam for PTSD. If you walk in there cold, promise you, it ain't going to work out for you. It's a recipe for disaster, okay? It's a recipe for disaster. Okay, I've talked a lot. I freaking love you guys. I'm going to do a few questions here that maybe haven't already been answered. Um, so feel free to uh, to post in the in the comments. There's still almost 200 of you on live, by the way, which is just crazy. Um, thank you all. What a, what a blessing it is to to serve with you. Um, and, and I hope I hope you all understand. For me, that founding VA Claims Insider saved my life. 
being able to be around you every day, all day, has given me a renewed purpose, a calling, a mission in life that I so badly needed after I took off the uniform. And I truly, from the bottom of my heart, I thank you and the insider community, our team members. I wouldn't be here without you. I mean that. I would not be here without you. Okay. I love you guys. All right. So go ahead and throw a few questions out there. Again, thank you, Combat Craig. I got some other awesome team members on helping out. Thank you, Mary. Thank you. Oh, you guys are amazing. Thank you, Sabrina. Thank God I found BACI. <laughs> I love that. Thank God I found you. Thank God I found you. Uh, Michael wrote, any idea when CNP exams are going to start being rescheduled after being canceled due to COVID-19? I would love to tell you, you know, the, the magic answer there. I just don't have one. What I would do, Michael, is I would pick up the phone and call 1-800-827-1000, speak to a rep, um, and just ask them. Be like, hey, I want a CNP exam. I want it scheduled. I understand you can't see me in person. Send out your mobile units. Let me do my exam, a CMP, over video teleconference, okay? What are some tactics for a PTSD higher level review if your private DBQ had your higher than what the VA rated you? So Scott, more than likely, the reason you ended up where you ended up was you either got a crap CNP exam who lowballed you, okay? Or, and or the evidence over time, right? So, so PTSD and mental health claims by law comes down to the frequency, the severity, and the duration of your symptoms over time. I'll say that again. Frequency, severity, duration of symptoms over time. So if there's a lack of or limited evidence or documentation that you're suffering from these issues and that they've been uh, hurting you over time, um, it's possible that the CNP exam snapshot in time screwed you, yes. Um, but it's also possible that they either discounted the private medical opinion, um, but in your HLR, you just need, need to be prepared to throw a punch. When you finally speak to a DRO, a decision review officer on that exam, tell him or her, look, my compensation and pension examiner was a POS. Did not ask me questions, was controversial, adversarial. The exam happened and pencil whipped it in five minutes. I want a new exam. I want to know why you didn't consider the private medical evidence because my symptoms are worse than this. Here's how, here's why, right? You just gotta be prepared to tell them. Yeah, I see a bunch of you saying, I don't trust them either. I don't blame you. Veterans have trust issues anyway. And now factor in the fact that you've got some independent examiner who you don't know, you have no idea what their background is. You have no idea what their training is. You have no idea if they're trying to hurt you or not. It's, it's a, look, the VA disability compensation by law is not supposed to be adversarial in nature. 
I'm going to say that again. It's codified in the law. The VA disability system is not supposed to be adversarial. Well, guess what? It is adversarial. By the sheer fact that we have compensation and pension exams, it's a natural friction point. It's a natural friction point. It is adversarial. Uh, yep, get an independent exam. Let's see here. What else do we have? Is high blood pressure a secondary claim to mental health? It could be, Beaker. Um, I, you know, I don't, I don't know the full history here, but it's, it's very possible uh, that it could be. Uh, doo -doo -doo. Hey, David. Good morning, man. Can I do a virtual PTSD appointment from Afghanistan? I don't see why you can't, Elijah. What I would do is I would pick up the phone and call, again, 1-800-827-1000, speak to a rep, let them know I'm in Afghanistan. You ain't going to see me in person, number one, because we got that Rona. Nobody want that Rona. <laughs> we got the Rona running rampant. Nobody wants it. You're probably not going to see a CNP examiner in person right now. Ask for a virtual appointment. Video teleconference, HIPAA compliant. Yes, the VA, C&P examiners, and any contracted compensation pension examiners are doing virtual telemedicine, telehealth, telepsychiatry compensation and pension exams for mental health. Ask for one. Nobody want that, Rona. I see people laughing. It's not really a laughing matter, but I don't know. We have to laugh at ourselves sometimes. Okay, all signed up. Welcome, Adam. Stressor event happened in 1963. Do not remember who was there. Buddy letter. So, Bill, if if you can get a buddy letter from if the if somebody wasn't there to witness the event. Um, probably the next best thing would be to try to get somebody who knew you before and knew you after to talk about it. Um, the other thing you can do is you might want to consider writing your own personal sworn statement. Okay, you can declare under penalty of perjury in your own written statement that this event occurred, right? Here's what happened. Here's when it happened. Here's how it affected me. Here's why it's not reported. Here's why you can't find any evidence of it. Right? That's the next best thing, in my opinion. Uh, Let's see. Somebody got that Rona. <laughs> uh. All right, George says, I'm looking at going for chronic pain for my back, which is service-connected. I discovered my psyche valve, but based on the psyche valve, it looks like it's more PTSD. So here's the issue, right? Remember, George, that PTSD always has stressors. So if you have a stressor that can be verified, there's nothing wrong with going for, for PTSD. You also might have multiple diagnosis, right? 
it's very common for vets to have two, three, four mental health conditions. You might have PTSD, you might have major depressive disorder, you might have generalized anxiety disorder, right? You might have chronic adjustment disorder. You can have all of those, okay? The VA is only gonna rate one, right? They're only gonna rate one. So it doesn't really matter. I would just make dang sure that if you're going for post-traumatic stress disorder and you're a first-time filer, you better be able to verify your stressor event, okay? Because if you can't, guess what's going to happen, brother? You're going to get denied. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, look at this. Michael, what's going on, brother? Says, QTC is giving me two CNP exams next week via telemedicine. Tinnitus one got bumped up, bumped to the end of the month. Yeah, so if you have, so compensation and pension exams over telemedicine obviously have some limitation, right? It's going to be pretty difficult to perform a range of motion, a ROM test for a muscular skeletal condition over video, right? Uh, it's going to be very difficult if they need any kind of objective evidence like an MRI, an X-ray, right? You're not really gonna be able to do that over video. Now, some of these other ones that are more subjective or don't require a physical exam, of course, you can do video teleconference CNP exams, mental health, migraine headaches, plantar fasciitis, right? IBS, GERD. There's a bunch of conditions that could be done uh, over video teleconference. And, and the VA and the contracted exams, they're doing it. All right. You guys are awesome. I love our community. I love, I love fellow vets. I love doing this. I love being around you because we get it. We understand each other. And there's nothing, there's nothing more powerful in life than doing life with those people you love and care about the most. And, uh, and that's, that's what I'm most proud of to include our, our team members um, what a, a blessing it is to, to serve with you guys. So thank you. Okay. Remember again, if you need some help, you need more medical evidence, you want to come into our education-based programs, unlock over $13,000 worth of bonuses to start free. www.vaclaimsinsiderelite.com. You maybe see that down uh, at the bottom of the screen as well. Again, if you're watching the recording on Facebook or YouTube, please ask your questions. Open up the description. There's some other free resources in there. Go to the bottom where all the comments are. Please ask your comment. Uh, please make a comment. Please ask your question, excuse me. We're gonna do our darndest to answer it, okay? Again, you guys are just crazy, man. There's still almost 200 of you on live. We're gonna keep doing this. We're gonna keep doing it because we need each other. We are empowering you to take action to get the VA disability rating and compensation you deserve, okay? I love you guys. Be good. Stay safe, right? I'll be saying a prayer for you all tonight. Again, Brian Reese here from Austin, Texas, Air Force disabled veteran. I salute you. I'm out. We'll talk soon, all right? See you guys.